Welcome to the show. I'm joined by Trav. I'm Drew. And I'm Trav. This is the Overdue Homework Podcast. As always, we are here to talk about 80s and 90s media. How are you doing, Trav? Pretty darn good, Drew. I'm excited to get into this podcast. How are you doing? Um, I'm doing really good. Uh, the weather is a changing. The days are getting shorter. The nights are getting colder. Yeah. Um, what, 80 some degrees <laughs> two days ago? No, it's freezing. Uh, that's the way she goes, though. That's the way she goes. Yep. Um, but uh, definitely ready for fall. I enjoy fall quite a bit. Um, so since uh, Ninja Turtles came out in 1990, um, let's talk about the top bo- top grossing uh, movies of 1990, thanks to BoxOfficeMojo.com. Let's do it. Uh, number one was Ghost. You're a fan, right? Big fan. Big <laughs> Ghost fan. Would you rather be Demi Moore or Patrick Swayze? In the potting, in the pottery clay scene, which one oh, would you rather? Oh, I have be? never seen Ghost. Oh, you know the famous scene where Patrick Swayze is sitting around Demi Moore, and that uh, I can't remember what the song. It's very famous, and they're like making the clay pot. It's been parodied many, many times, uh-huh. and he's a ghost. That's the whole thing. Is Swayze's dead? Oh, okay. <laughs> so he's a ghost. And the only thing I know about that is here's a Friends related thing: is Phoebe cuts Monica's hair in an episode, and it looks horrible, and then she <laughs> says. She wanted it like Demi Moore, and Phoebe goes, yeah, that's how he wears it. <laughs> and he, she cut it like Dudley Moore. Oh, my And then gosh. she says, Demi Moore. She's the actress. And she, one of the movies she lists is Ghost. That that's she's funny. In. So I've never seen it. But well, then I'm still going to pose the question to you without you having seen the movie whatsoever. Would you rather have Patrick Swayze caressing you, or would you rather be doing the caressing? I think I'd rather be doing the caressing. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, it's win-win. So either way, it, it, I mean, win-win. it is a win-win. Win-win. Uh, but that movie made uh, just over $205 million that year. Um, Pretty Woman is number two. That's a great Pretty movie. Woman. I'd really enjoy doing that on the show, on the podcast sometime. Um, Home Alone at number three, right? It's a hundred Foreshadowing. <laughs> Foreshadowing. $143 million. Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles. Turtles is number four. That's pretty sick. That's yes. actually, I feel like, the highest one of these has been when we're doing these little lists. I would agree. I always uh, think it's down further than it should be, but I like that. Maybe yes. Top five. Uh, that goes to show you that this was a big movie in 1990. Big oh, yeah. deal. Big deal. $135 million. The Hunt for Red October. You ever seen it? Nope. Give heard, me your best, heard of it. Give me your best Sean Connery. Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how often Sean Connery says his own name, he but hey. We'll... <laughs> I'm Sean Connery. Total recall. I'll take famous... <laughs> Famous D's for 400. Oh, Trebek. Trebek, you Canadian punts. So that's really Daryl Hammond doing. uh, uh, Right, right. But whatever. Uh, Total Recall, number six. Uh, That's going to be a great movie. It's an Arnold, so we're going to get to that one. Oh, yeah. $119 million. Die Hard 2. Die Harder, right? That's what it should have been. It's yep. number seven. Dick Tracy, number nine. Have you ever seen Dick Tracy? Nope. It's a really good one. We should do that. We should do that one, too. 
um, what is it? BT, BTF squared, BTF cubed. Yeah. <laughs> back to the Future 3. Yep. $87 million at number 10. I just saw those two got back together for San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah. And uh, man, more power to Michael J. Fox dealing with uh, the Parkinson's that he's had for for decades now. And Crazy. he can still actually walk around. Mm-hmm. Didn't he have something like deep brain stimulus or something where I'm they like sure. they put like electrodes deep into his brain and like stimulated parts of it? To, yeah. Yikes. I don't know. Experimental, I'm sure. Um, number 12, Days of Thunder. I've said it before, and I want to get to that one on this oh, yeah. uh, podcast. Never That's... seen it, but I do own it now. When I got that oh, lot yes, of movies, yes, I yes, thought, yes, oh, yes, nice. Yes. Um, $82 million. Uh, number 18, Problem Child. That was a movie from my youth that I remember I've quite a bit. never heard of that. Never heard of Problem Child? No. Nope. Okay, so I can't think of the guy's name. The poor dude died uh, maybe a decade, maybe even longer ago now. He was on Three's Company, the dude from Three's Company. The do three's company too. <laughs> oh man, I don't normally do this, but I am going to. We're going to pause. John Ritter. John Ritter. Okay, John Ritter, John Ritter was the dad in Problem Child, and uh, the kids like really, really bad. And I remember there's a scene where they're barfing at the uh, at the carnival, and Problem Child was a movie that we watched as a family. And then number forty. Um, I just wanted to talk about this one because I love the man, but Kindergarten Cop, right? Oh, yeah. He's not a tumor. <laughs> Dominic, Dominic, get down. Oh, my get God. Down, Dominic, now. I, I can't wait to get yeah, to another man. Arnold movie. That's where I like. Uh, You'll have to do the entire notes <laughs> in the Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> I cut my, I cut my uh, impression chops on that movie. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's uh, pretty exciting stuff. I can't wait to get to a multitude of those movies. And 1990s got a lot of. A lot of great, uh, great flicks in it, so we'll probably get back to this year once again, oh, yeah. I'm sure. Um, with that, are you ready to get over to our homework review? I'm ready. All right, well, let's do it. Let's get on over to that homework review. Cowabunga, <laughs> dude. Cowabunga, dudes. So TMNT, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it's almost impossible to say that without singing the song. Yeah. Right? It's getting sung in my head <laughs> as we speak. March 30th, 1990, directed by Steve Barron, screenplay by Todd W. Langan and Bobby Herbeck. I wonder if, it's, if he's related to Kent Herbeck. Doubt it. Story by Bobby Herbeck, based on uh, characters by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. Uh, yeah. Live action with Judith Haug, Hogue as April O'Neil. Uh, Nicole Kidman and Sandra Bullock were considered for the role. Chase Meridian. Yeah, right? That would have been, been cool. That would have been cool. That would have been really not good. I actually didn't have a problem with the actress that no. plays April at all. No. She was not asked, though, to return for the sequels. She was apparently really unhappy with the production and complained, like, the whole time. Oh, sure. So, so they were like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Elias Cotes, Cotes, sorry, Elias, as Casey Jones, uh, Christian Slater, Johnny Depp, and Keanu Reeves were all considered for that role. Oh, my God. <laughs> if Keanu Reeves would have gotten that, that would have been so sick. Again, not that I had a problem with no. Elias Cotes, <laughs> but... Yeah. Oh man. I think Keanu Reeves. Christian Slater seems like the obvious 1990 like choice, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, but Keanu Reeves would have been killer in that for sure. Yeah. Uh, James Saito as Oroku Saki as the Shredder, and Sam Rockwell as the head thug. Um, nice. Yeah, he's an unmasked gang member. So Sam Rockwell, gotta love that. He's he looks super super young. Bet you he was 20, 21 or something like that. So yeah. that's pretty dang cool. Uh, the voice cast, of co- of course, is Brian Tochi as Leonardo, Josh Pius as Raphael, Corey Feldman as Donatello, and you said Corey Feldman's voice sticks out like a sore thumb now, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I still associate him with Donatello's voice. Yeah, 100%. 
uh, Robbie Rist as Michelangelo, Kevin Clash as Splinter, uh, David McCarran as The Shredder, and Michael McConaughey as Master Tetsu. 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 Let's talk about these giant puppets that were on the on the on the screen for an hour and a half, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so of course, who else would have made them besides uh, Jim Henson, right? Obviously. Obviously. Um, Henson actually called it some of his most elaborate work he's ever done. Um, he was disappointed in the film, though. It was too violent for him. Really? I mean, he was a hardcore hippie tree hugger guy, but sure. man, the movie's not even that violent. <laughs> it's really not. Is there any blood at all? None. Zero. Yeah, not zero a blood. speck. They hardly even use their weapons the way they're supposed to be. <laughs> right, right. But unfortunately, Henson died like shortly after the movie was released. Um, so R.I.P. Jim Henson, you've been dead for a long, 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 long time. And long time. I think the world would have benefited from your, uh, from your, um, loving ways, I think. Oh yeah. Of course, David Foreman as, uh, Leonardo was the in-suit performer and all of the insert in-suit performers had on-screen cameos. So he was on screen as a gang member. I'm not quite sure which gang member it exactly was, but Leif Tilden as Donatello, he was on screen as, um, uh, a messenger of the foot, so not quite sure which one that was, but um, he was on screen at one point. Uh, Josh Pius, who was Raphael, he was also the in-suit performer, and he was also the guy that voiced it, so that's pretty dang cool. Oh, that's um, hilarious. He was the only one to do both in the Turtles, of, of the Turtles, I should say. Um, he also plays the taxi cab passenger when they see... When they see Rafi go so, over the thing yeah, and so he, he says, what was that? Yeah, he that's sees funny. himself, right? Yeah. It's, it's kind of cool. And then Michael Sisti... Sisti? I've been toying, toying with how to uh, say that name, but I'm going to say Sisti, and I think it's McLean Sisti, actually. As Michelangelo, the in-suit performer, on-screen cameo as the pizza delivery man. The Domino's guy? Yep, that's what I would assume. That's so cool. <clears throat> and then Kevin Clash was also Splinter, and Kevin Clash is very famous because he's Elmo. Nice. Yeah. So that's I interesting. I keep hearing huh? Kevin Clash, and I think of Kevin Nash <laughs> as the new Splinter <laughs> in the next one. Or Shredder, I mean. <laughs> Super Shredder, Kevin Nash. Oh, my goodness. I love it. Um, So there was a cool uh, article on Den of Geek that I read, and I want to talk about it a little bit. Um, It was called The Original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Movie is Still Amazing. And, yeah, it is still amazing. It really is. It was by Mike C-E-C-C-H-I-N-E. Sachini? Sachini. Sachini. Sorry, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) so in the 90s the turtles were in 1990 almost specifically the turtles were like at the height of their popularity right oh they had breakfast cereals frozen pizzas video games and of course the cartoon how can you forget the cartoon like the final frontier then for them is live action that's like the only thing that they got left to do right right um that's pretty ambitious in 1990 don't you think Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd say it's ultra ambitious with uh, no real uh, way of doing it. Right. <laughs> the... <laughs> yeah, nothing really to compare it to. Right. You've been really successful, so you're kind of teetering with maybe not being so yes. successful in this adapt. Ruining it for everybody. <laughs> right, yeah. Just the limitations of special effects at the time. Uh, but it got made. And so because it got made, this movie got to be surprisingly dark right for a kids movie yeah uh like for instance the animated turtles weren't permitted to use their martial arts skills so if you really think about and watch those those episodes they weren't able to actually hit anybody or use their weapons in a direct way sure so i mean that's like that's about as ungritty and un (laughs) yeah yeah non-gritty as you can get i guess right but for the movie the foot were mostly 
comprised of teenagers and younger, right? Oh, yeah. So the Ninja Turtles are beating up kids the whole movie, <laughs> yeah. basically. I mean, technically, they're teenagers as well. <laughs> right? so. Well, some of those kids look pretty dang young. I'm sure they're not getting promoted to a full-time foot soldier, but still. Yeah, <laughs> still. Menthol or regular, like, okay. Uh, and then plus visually, the movie was shot in such a way that the colors were kind of washed out. It was really grainy and gray and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. just to project a, a gritty sense of... Uh, um, crime and uh, struggle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, plus, the action is just absolutely terrific in this movie. Oh, yeah. Um, we'll probably talk about it multiple times. Um, Golden Harvest was the production company for this film, which you see at the very beginning. And I was really surprised upon watching this again, because, I mean, it's been a number of years since I've watched this movie. I was like, Golden Harvest? Like, they're pretty famous for their martial arts films. So it makes sense that they would have all this cool action. Oh, yeah. Um, especially for films that starred Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan. So you don't get much you don't get much better than that. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you have to try not to forget, too, that these are actual stuntmen in suits that weigh 50 pounds that are doing cartwheels and flips and rolling around and doing somersaults and all types of uh, ass kicking, if you will, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I heard they were, like, crazy uncomfortable oh, to wear. And... I can only imagine. My God. I can, I can only imagine how uncomfortable, how hot and sweaty they'd have to be. It'd be insane. But then, finally, uh, so you know why it's Domino's and not Pizza Hut? I think I'm about to find <laughs> out. <laughs> yes, I think you are. Uh, Pizza Hut didn't think the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were worth a, a franchise, you know? crazy isn't that nuts that is nuts Uh, especially if they were so popular right so it seems crazy the turtles had to order dominoes but we haven't watched it or at least not recently but is it pizza hut in the second one pizza hut pizza hut saw the error of their ways oh man (laughs) flip the page uh they are the sponsor in uh tmnt okay that's what i thought (laughs) That's what I thought. I kind of like that it's two different ones, though. And it was, yeah, and it was interesting, too. Like, when I did watch this again, I was like, it's, I, I thought, it, I was like, it's Domino's? I thought it was Pizza Hut. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's Domino's in the first one, obviously. Um, Are you ready to get to the movie? Let's get to the movie. All right, let's do it. Let's break it down. Mm-hmm. All right. The movie opens with that awesome uh, New York landscape, right? The Twin Towers in the distance. Yeah, and man, are they in a lot of things that we keep rewatching. Yes, just yes. makes sense. It, it really does. Is a, in retrospect, like having grown up in the 80s and 90s and then having lived through 9-11, and I was in high school when it did happen, when 9-11 did happen, but uh, I, I understood that it was a big deal at the time, but now seeing it in like, so many movies, TV, in video games. It's like, man, that really was a symbol for America. It really was. The rest of the world would view America as the Twin Towers almost, you know? seriously. It's pretty, uh, it's sobering, it's somber when anytime I see them. So it's an interesting little uh, thing that I did not expect to run across when we started this podcast, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, little, very little of the movie was actually filmed in New York city. Really? Very little. So some of the scenes, like when he comes out of the critters movie, okay. that's in New York city, but most of it is done on sound stages in North Carolina. Huh. <laughs> Pretty interesting, right? Yeah. 
Um, oh, and the very beginning is also in New York City, where April O'Neil April O'Neil is reporting on the rising crime rates. Mm-hmm. Um, the BK Burger King product placement in the newsstand, the oh, yeah. first of many product placements. Yeah. Um, April doing this news story and just like the topic of uh, this movie is like very of the time. It's very topical for 1990. Like New York was not a safe place to be in. Right. It just wasn't a safe place to be in. It's cleaned up quite a bit since the 80s and 90s and especially the 70s. Do you think it was as easy as they portray it to steal all these things in 1990? Um, um, hmm. I think yes. I think it might be almost as easy almost. as they not not quite. I can agree with most everything except yes. for when the guy has the package signed for and the entire truck gets wiped out <laughs> yes. in ten seconds. Yes, uh, okay. that was a bit far fetched. I will give you that for sure. But I did write that I love how nineteen ninety this movie feels yeah. right away. Like the scenery, the old TVs and electronics that they're stealing. It just yep. really puts you back to being a kid. I put the old Burger King packaging just makes you miss being a kid. Makes right. No, the- for sure. Um, you know, we see the the first crime of the movie and that dude gets pickpocketed, which that guy basically just walks up to him and like lifts his coat up and takes it out of his pocket. Yeah, come on. <laughs> but there was a whole heck of a lot of work that went involved for that one wallet. Right, right. right. <laughs> we do get a glimpse of the first, uh, the first glimpse of a foot soldier, though, and that's that arm taking that wallet from Danny. Come on, Danny. Danny boy. <laughs> <laughs> but it, like we already talked about, April is continuing to report on things being stolen, mis- stolen mysteriously. No one really sees the crimes happening and reports of young boys running from the scene, which is a little weird. Yes. Um, we get a quick, a quick glimpse of the Foot Clan hideout and more BK product placement. Um, and then a pivotal scene coming up here where April leaves work. She gets scared by the rat, you know, a little foreshadowing with Splinter, yep, I guess. Yep. Um, that yellow jacket, though, it's a direct homage to the comic book and oh, yeah. the cartoon yellow jumpsuit. Why couldn't they get her to wear that yellow jumpsuit in the movie? I'll never right. know. I'll take the jacket. I'll I guess. take the jacket, I guess. Um, it's some serious bad timing on her part, though. Uh, Sam Rockwell and some of the other hooligans uh, stealing from the news van. Hey, get her purse, right? Yeah, and yeah. that dude is off the top rope with an elbow from the top of the <laughs> top of the news van, straight onto April. And I don't know how she stays conscious. Seriously. But, uh, and then you just hear, yeah. that sigh comes from off screen and knocks out the light. We get the first of many instances of comical fighting noises in the dark, and then the cops arrive, and we see all the goons are tied up thanks to a mysterious being in a red bandana. Lifting up a manhole cover right in front of everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Way too high. No cops are paying any attention. Uh, but April sees that sigh on the ground, looks directly at Raphael, and takes the sigh in front of the cops. <laughs> Damn. Uh, but uh, now we get to see uh, see the first glimpse of the sewers, which is, um, you know, a, a heavy heavy scene point for this movie. A lot of time in the sewers, which yes. is cool. It's a cool set. I enjoy it. Enjoy the way it looks big time. Um, we got all the turtles there. We got Leonardo. Awesome. Michael, <laughs> Michelangelo. Donatello. Bossa Nova. Bossa Nova. <laughs> uh, Chevy Nova. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> and then one of the first and uh, many thereafter. Oh, man. And yep. then the damn. Damn. He says damn twice <laughs> in his first like four words on screen. <laughs> I also wrote down in that scene, it's all about some pizza right away. Right away. Let's get some pizza. It's all about that pizza right away. One of my favorite lines of the movie, 
Give me three. (laughs) (laughs) That is really good. Um, We get to meet Splinter right away. Uh, The turtles are all excited to talk to Splinter. They were successful at uh, helping people out, right? So they're super pumped about it. Uh, Splinter reminds them, though, that they are not to be seen because people wouldn't get it, right? Right. Six foot tall Ninja Turtles fighting crime. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Plus, uh, Splinter reminds them that he's going to die someday. He just straight up says it. I'm going to die someday. Yeah. (laughs) Why he waited until they're 15 to tell him that? I don't know. Uh, Raph uh, blurts out that he lost his sigh and uh, Splinter says, let's chill. Let's meditate, all right? Yeah, let's, let's bring let's, let's bring it on down here a little bit. <laughs> uh, dancing apparently is meditation. Hey, they're teens, right? Yeah, I mean that's what yeah. you do. Ninjutsu. I got Ninjutsu. a good. I got a good kick out of that. So, but uh, Raph decides it's a good time to go see a movie. You got a problem with that? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that disguise, though, I know they address it a little while later, but that disguise, like, it's not fooling anybody. No, not fooling anybody whatsoever at all. Uh, but we got uh, Donatello and Michelangelo waiting on a pizza now, uh, a little further down the sewer. He's got three minutes. Three minutes. <laughs> and then they pose the question, do you ever wonder what it would be like uh, to live without Splinter? Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. <laughs> the, the pizza guy gets there, who we learned was one of the other dudes, but that's okay. I'm not going to go back to it. Uh, the pizza guy gets there, and uh, he's like, 122 and an eighth? 122 and an eighth? Right down here. (laughs) Got some good product placement. Slides that pizza down sideways. (laughs) Yeah. Man, it just like makes you want Domino's. It really does. Every time I watch, I'm like, I kind of want some Domino's. The only reason you get Domino's is because you live near it. Right. You're right. Exactly. (laughs) the only reason. At least around here. Sorry, Domino's. (laughs) (laughs) It is weird that I noticed how different Domino's looks back then, though, because they've changed their recipe. So, like, the crust... Yes. Sucked back in the day, and now it's like the one good thing they've got going it for It is. Them. I did notice, though, that the boxes are the same as they are now because yep. the Domino's went back to that retro box. Yeah. I'm like, oh, some of that nostalgia's kind of lost on me because I've seen these boxes all over the place right, again. That's, that's true. That's okay. But they only give him 10 bucks because he's three minutes late, right? Yeah. Uh, wise men say, forgiveness is divine, but never pay full price for a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but then they flash over to Raph on the surface. Once again, he's not fooling anybody with his disguise. Nope. Um, he went to Critters. Critters is from 1986, so this movie takes place in 1986. I didn't even think about that. So, had you ever seen Critters? I've never seen it. Um, you should see it. It's kind of like a poor man's Gremlins. Oh, okay. So it's trying to still. It's kind of be that kind of goofy horror flick it definitely skews way more towards the horror and violence sure. i think i've seen what the critters look like yeah. but yeah i mean it's it's worth it's worth a watch i think it's definitely worth a watch it's a uh, pretty good the sequels on the other hand not really worth watching not so much. that's okay that's okay um raph of course and for the progression of the stories at the right place in the right time to help thwart a crime crime yep um and fortunate for us to introduce casey jones because I am a big fan of Casey Jones. In this I could movie. only assume watching this that you love Casey Jones. I love Casey Jones. Not just because of the hockey angle. I don't know what it, what it is about the guy, but I just love Casey Jones. Uh, the hockey angle definitely helps. The hockey <laughs> angle is awesome. He's funny. He's got the awesome hair. I mean, yeah. You name it. And he uh, he's so he's a very familiar uh, actor from the 90s. Like his face just seems super familiar. And I, I can't uh, picture him. Another project that he's been in. But uh, it definitely, his face is like, yeah, I've seen that guy yeah. everywhere. So, 
Um, but uh, uh, Raph, unfortunately for Casey, I guess, fortunately for the thugs, stops Casey from really showing those two purse snatchers a thing or two, right? Yeah. Two minutes for slashing, two minutes for hooking, and my personal favorite, two minutes for high sticking, <laughs> right? Uh, and Casey tells Raph that, uh, hey, man, you did your job. Now it's my turn to do this, right? <laughs> right. Uh, but now Casey wants to fight Raph, and Raph has very little interest. Uh, so, I mean, tough rocks, right? Tough rocks. <laughs> tough rocks, pal. <laughs> and how the hell does Casey kick his butt? Like yeah, That's I, a really good question. I just kind of flabbergasted. I mean, it's maybe they're sunning it up. To show that Casey's awesome and can yeah. help out later in the movie, I yeah. guess. But I mean, I just put—is is it the inexperience of of Roth, or is Casey seriously that smart? I mean, I think you could definitely uh, put it up to the inexperience for Raph. Like, I think that's what you could put it up to because uh, Raphael seems to be physically larger, yeah. physically stronger, right? You know. Pro- uh, probably a better fighter Definitely overall. trained better. Right. Yeah. And it seems like the only thing that Casey Jones got his training on was on the ice. Right. For yeah. be- fighting people on the ice. That's how he learned how to fight. That's I, what they insinuated. I Lisa. guess he watches enough cricket that <laughs> that's how he sealed the deal. I guess so. Uh, did you like how they were fighting with those Jose Can- Canseco bats? Yeah. I mean, even in 1990, Jose Canseco was still a joke. Right. right. <laughs> and he was like almost at the peak of his career at yeah. that point. Uh, but strike one, uh, we got a whiffer. And then a uh, <laughs> home run. Raph wins one to nothing. A new game, Roundhead. Cricket. 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 Nobody understands cricket. You got to know what a crumpet is to understand cricket. I'll show you. Oh, <laughs> uh, he connects, right? Oh, yeah. He, big he connects time. big time. Six runs. Six runs. <laughs> Oh, man, but Casey just escapes into the night. Uh, so long, freak. I got work to do. Who you call a freak? <laughs> uh, Raph does give chase, but unsuccessfully. And the dude in the cab, I got a good kick out of the dude in the cab. What the heck was that? Sort of like a, sort of looked like a big turtle in a trench coat. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to LaGuardia, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Kind of makes me think uh-huh. of a... Uh... Kind of looked like a penguin, you know? <laughs> kind of does. Uh, that is the writer's way trying to get themselves out of the terrible disguise that the turtles wear. Pretty much. That's all, exactly. that, that's all that that is. Like, there's just uh, no way it's even believable. Oh, it must be a Halloween costume. Exactly. And then Raph says, get back here. I'm not finished with you. Damn. Damn. <laughs> My favorite word. Oh, boy, but uh, Raph returns to the sewers unsuccessful uh, and get a little heart-to-heart with Splinter. And basically, obviously, your anger controls you. Anger clouds your mind. You're unique. You face your anger alone. I get the sense that Raph's an angry guy. Yes, (laughs) yes. Oh, man, and if you face it, don't forget me. That's what Splinter says. And your brothers. (laughs) And your brothers. (laughs) They're definitely exploring that troubled teen uh, thing that was big in the 90s. Right? Yeah. All teens were troubled getting pregnant at age of 16, smoking when they're 12 years old, and right. drinking immediately. That's was, that's was, that was my youth. Like, yeah. don't become a troubled teen. Exactly. You're going to become a troubled teen. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be a troubled teen. Whether you're part of the Foot Clan or a teenage mutant <laughs> ninja turtle, you are troubled. You're a troubled teen. Troubled, troubled teen. Uh, but then we get April and her boss at uh, the apartment. Her boss, Charles. Charles is a real wiener. 
He's just a real wiener. Man, Charles. I, oh, boy, oh, boy. I'm not a fan of Charles. Not a fan of that guy. Uh, Charles and his kid uh, are uh, the punk from the beginning of the movie. Danny boy. Danny. Danny loves the Sex Pistols. Yeah, that's all he wears is a Sex yeah. Pistols T-shirt yeah. the whole time. I guess that means that he's a he's a troubled teen. He's a troubled teen. <laughs> Wearing the shirts, <laughs> listening to the Walkman. I don't even know where he got that from. <laughs> troubled See, teen. That's what he does when he wants to ignore me. Troubled teen. Troubled teen. <laughs> I love that. That's that's amazing to me. Um, April's down at the police station now, and she's trying to hold the police chief accountable for the high crime rates. Um, and the, the turtles see April on TV from their sewer headquarters, and Michelangelo is in love with uh, with uh, April, yep. kissing the TV. <laughs> uh, honesty now, Trav, did you ever kiss a TV for somebody? You know, I don't think I did. You never kissed the TV? I don't think I ever kissed the TV. I kissed Matt, Natalie Portman one time. I feel like I kissed some sort of like picture or something after <laughs> I saw Billy Madison kiss Veronica Vaughn oh, in the picture. Oh, I like, like it. Oh, yeah, I should I kiss like a it. picture. You kiss a picture. Just kiss a picture. It's just practice. <laughs> it's just practice. Uh, but uh, finally, April talks about the Foot Clan. There's no evidence to link such a name to these instances. The police chief is just denying it completely. Oh, he's they irate. Ne- you know, they never explicitly state it, but uh, like. The Foot Clan have him in their pocket, right? I think so. Like, they never really are, like, they never show them together or anything like that or any weird, like, dealing going on between them. But this instance where it's obvious there's something going on and he's just trying to, like, move past it. And then an instance later in the movie, which we'll talk about when we get there, really makes me think that Stearns was in the Foot Clan's pocket. Right, and he's mad that anyone's trying to uncover what's going on, basically. Right. Uh, we get a uh, first real glimpse of Shredder, and uh, he's watching a wall of TVs because it's cool, right? Yeah. Why else wouldn't you watch? Why would you watch one TV when you can watch a whole wall of CRT TVs? Exactly. <laughs> In 1990, no one wants a 70-inch TV. You no. want 70 TVs. <laughs> 70 10-inch TVs <laughs> yeah. displaying the same picture on every one of them. On it's every not, single one It's not one, one big picture. It's just the same thing on every one of them. Uh, That's a very strong 90s trope, and I enjoy yes. that big time. <laughs> Oh, boy. Um, He is less than pleased, though. Find her. Find her. Silence her. (laughs) Um, We see Raph getting ready to head out again uh, with that awesome disguise. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, boy. And then April getting called into Stern's office after the news conference. As she turns away, we see Danny in handcuffs. Uh Come on, Danny boy. It is kind of funny that uh, two characters in two different movies, completely about two different things, but we're doing them in a row. Both have a Danny. Danny, yep. I was like, come on. Both have, a, both have a Danny. Not to be confused with uh, the uh, Danny Torrance. Danny Torrance. <laughs> uh, led away in handcuffs. Dun, 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 dun. April gets reamed out by Stearns, uh, the police, uh, the chief of police, um, but uh, she leaves pretty angry, but not really angry. She feels kind of like, triumphant that she got under yeah. his skin oh, you know like, and it was pretty easy right she told his, her production assistant to timer you know how long is yeah. it going to take her to get kicked out basically right. minute seven right wasn't that what it was yeah. a minute seven something like that to tell me how to do my job <laughs> so she leaves raf is following her he's trying to recover his sigh because that's he knows that she has it 
Um, April's in that subway station now. Conveniently empty subway station in the middle of the day right by the police station. In New York. In New York <laughs> City. Uh, she's confronted by the foot. Uh, we've been waiting for you, Mrs. O'Neill. Or Miss O'Neill. She's Miss O'Neill. Miss O'Neill. Um, why? Okay. <clears throat> I'm going to read this. But what? What? Am I behind on my Sony payments again? That's uh, pretty racist there, April. Pretty <laughs> racist. Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> Uh, your mouth may yet bring you much trouble, Miss O'Neill. I deliver a message. One of the funniest parts of the whole movie. He reaches out with his closed hand, palm up, slowly opens it as if he's going to give her a note, and he slaps her across the face and says, shut it. Like <laughs> That is one of the funniest things ever. Like That's something you do to your friend on the playground, right? Yeah. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> It was a laugh out loud Psych. moment. For, it was a laugh out loud moment for me every time I watched the movie. Yeah. All three times. I only got to watch it three times. I'm disappointed. I wanted four, but I only got three. Yeah, I did four. Life got in the way. Um, April fights back a little bit with Raph's side, but instantaneously gets it knocked out of her hands. <laughs> I mean, Obviously. I mean, <laughs> she shouldn't be awesome with that. <laughs> no. no. Uh, but lucky for Raph, he gets to recover it, right? Yeah. Um, the foot knock Ra- uh, April out, and then Raph kicks their butts. Um, Raph escapes with April into the subway with one of the foot soldiers uh, following pretty closely. Yep. So, dun-dun-dun-dun, dun-dun-dun-dun. Back at the Turtles HQ with April. April's reaction to waking up to a giant rat and four human-sized turtles is pretty understandable. Oh, yeah. Definitely. (laughs) Pretty understandable. She thinks she's dead at first. That's how... (laughs) Trying to make conclusions of everything. Like, do do you... So, she's... She says she thinks she's dead. Do you think she's in hell? Like, do you think she thinks that she's in hell? Like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> not to say anybody wants to go to hell, but if that's hell, it's a lot different than with the way it was portrayed to me as a kid. Well, that's very true. That's very true. Like, if I went to hell and it was just like the Ninja Turtles, like this movie, and I had to live in this movie, that yeah. wouldn't be so bad. It wouldn't be that bad. It was <laughs> living in 1990 forever. I mean, hell is living in 1990. That's no hell to me. That is no hell to me. <laughs> Died, died oh, of dominoes and dominoes. Uh, but yeah, she thinks it's a dream, but no, it's origin story time. Origin story time. <laughs> but please, don't forget about that foot soldier, all right? He's there too. Yep. Fifteen years ago, Splinter learned the secret art of ninja by mimicking his master Yoshi's movements from his cage. My God. Even as a seven-year-old, I was like, <laughs> seriously i was thinking that too like how did i buy this when i was a kid i, I don't think i did I, if i did i barely bought it yeah I was like, definitely. okay yeah i mean it makes it really funny it does especially when they show it later <laughs> in the movie i, I kind of uh, forgot that was the thing i will say when they do show it later in the movie yes it is hilarious it's hilarious but it is still some pretty impressive puppet work like if it you is. did that same stuff with that same puppet on sesame street yeah and it was made to get a laugh yeah it would be the best thing ever oh for sure <laughs> totally makes sense right oh boy but, you know, after being forced to New York City, Splinter became a sewer rat and found the turtles one day while he was scavenging. Yeah. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah, right? you know. Uh, they were craw- crawling around in some radioactive ooze, so naturally the rat gathered up the turtles. Obviously. <laughs> What's a rat That's... to do? <laughs> That's exactly what they do in the wild, right? I saw that on Nat Geo one time. This definitely gathering up turtles. They work together. I've seen that on yeah, our planet, planet Earth, 
definitely. Yeah, Rats the one, and Turtles. The, the one that David Attenborough yeah, narrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember that. <laughs> I you sure know, do. Episode three. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, the next day, all they all had gotten bigger and smarter. Their first words were pizza. Pizza. Pizza and pizza. radical. <laughs> I wrote that down. First words are pizza and radical. So Splinter then thought to himself, this is going to be a great time to train these turtles ninjutsu. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't he say I was surprised at how smart they were? Because they yeah. could talk and their first words are pizza and radical. Like, pizza. yes, the, they will heed my instruction. Yep. I'm going to make them four of the uh, most badass teenage mutant ninja turtles this world's ever seen. <laughs> oh, my God. It's the truth. Because then Splinter uh, named the turtles, and bam, you have one origin story. Yeah, and does he have some like major appreciation for art? That he, he... he probably scavenged up some uh, some ancient art relics yeah. in the sewers in New York yeah. City. He's like, mm, I love these painters, yeah. and named these turtles after them. And April calmly accepts all of this. She's like, yeah, okay. I'm, oh, not, I'm not dreaming, okay. am I? I'm not, not dreaming. Okay, that's kind of cool. <laughs> no, I'm afraid not. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. You're really going to buy everything this rat's saying to you? Okay. <laughs> And then it's off to April's apartment for pizza and impressions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love this scene. Oh, for sure. This is a a, a great bit of levity, some true comedy yeah. coming through in the movie, right? I think when they're on the way and she says, aren't we there yet? And they're like, no, it's only 9th Street. <laughs> it's good. It's... And then I just love when she's like, all right, well, that's it for me. I'll see you guys later. I'd invite you in, but all I have is frozen pizza. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, comes Michelangelo. Who is underneath Donatello somehow. <laughs> yeah. And then he's ready to go and Donatello's telling the other two, yeah, pizza. Yeah, doesn't Leonardo tr- uh, call up from the sewer? Did she say pizza? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty oh, dang man. good. That's so good. Uh, but yeah, they're doing the impressions of Rocky, which I knew. And then James Cagney. I only know James Cagney from other people doing impressions of James Cagney. I don't think I've ever seen James, a James Cagney movie. So. Right. Yeah, that's the you dirty, rat, you dirty rat. You dirty rat. Yeah, I know James Cagney's impression for that line. And that line. right, right. <laughs> you dirty rat. That must be Splinter's favorite. <laughs> it was a joke. <laughs> it was a weird joke, and it was delivered not like a joke at all, April. So whatever. Yeah. We got a little more product placement with some Pepsi. <laughs> yeah, there. some Pepsi. But the the turtles got to get back because you know Splinter worries, right? Yeah. When am I going to see you guys again? <laughs> oh, it depends how fast you restock your pizza. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Um the the turtles have now returned to the sewers. Uh their home has been broken into cuz we got to get that story going again, right? Yep. Um it's been trashed and Splinter is missing. And then we get Raphael and his scream of rage. So thinking of this, this was the one Foot Clan member who was following them. I would have to assume so. so well, don't they show Well, there was like 3, so maybe They show they... them breaking in so that like, oh, yeah, yeah, So yeah. that one foot clan, he, I think he, he went back. Yeah, that one okay. foot soldier, he went back. I was just back. thinking for a second, how the hell did one guy beat Splinter? Yeah, Splinter should have been okay. able to kick his butt. He really should have still been able to take on how many were there. But yeah, he probably could have taken on probably three or four I of guess them. he has no weapon? He no. He gave all the weapons of the turtle? He's got his cane, right? That's yeah, his weapon? But that's true. They are just teens. They are troubled teens. They are troubled teens. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the hardest ones to defeat. They are. They got some extra hit points or something. Uh, so the only place the turtles can think to go because their whole headquarters is trashed and been found out is to April's apartment, right? Yep. Um, what's wrong? Splinter. Splinter. <laughs> Splinter. Did you happen to go get more pizza? Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> 
we get a quick scene of the police chief calling Charles about his son because he was arrested. And uh, it's obvious to infer there that they're doing a little deal, right? To get oh, April yeah. to leave the Foot Clan thing alone and I'll give you your kid. Right. So, yes, the Foot Clan have the police in their yes. pocket. Yep. Or the... I mean, maybe Stearns is so desperate to keep his elected position. I'm assuming it's an elected position yeah. that he wants crime to look not as bad as it is. I guess. Just denying it. I right. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's 1990. A little <laughs> side with him. The, the teens are troubled. The teens then. are troubled. Okay. Oh, boy. The next morning at April's apartment, Charles at the door and the turtles need to hide, which they do uh, easily because ninjas, Very remember? Easily, <laughs> ninjas, yes. remember? Um, obviously, Charles and the police have traded favors to get Danny out because Danny's there also. Right? Danny's there also? Yep. Yeah, Danny's, Danny's there. there also. Um, Charles wants April to back off the story. Um, April is not too happy about that. We get a little bit more of that ninja turtle hide and seek with Mike in the mirror and Donnie in the shower. Um, Danny is convinced that the turtles are there though, right? Because I mean, he saw Michelangelo. He saw, Mike, yeah. <laughs> he saw Michelangelo. Um, what fin- is the deal? Sorry, what is the deal with the boss showing up to her apartment all the time? I don't know. That's very weird. It is me. weird. And brings his kid. Yeah. And I mean, then talks like sometimes like as if they were in a relationship or she should know more than she does. It just seems like a very weird dynamic. It is a very odd dynamic. And I don't know enough about the comic book to know, because this movie definitely takes a page to to use upon, I guess more from the comic book than it does from the animated series. Right. So I could maybe chalk that up to it being a storyline that's in the comic book. I really don't know when it comes to that. I've seen very little, I've seen the artwork from the comic books just because I wanted to see what, is, what it would look like, because it's interesting yeah. to me, you know? Uh, but that's as far as I know about yeah, that. I mean, so, I mean, luckily, my boss has never showed up at my door, let alone multiple uh, times. You know, my boss did show up at my door one time. Uh, I had slept in, and uh, they came knocking at my door at 9.30 in the morning. Ooh. Hey, where are you? And I was like, huh? <laughs> oh, uh, oh, I'll get to work. Sorry. Sorry about that. <laughs> that was a long time ago and it only happened once. Okay. It happened twice, but <laughs> it's okay. He was a troubled teen. Troubled teen. <laughs> troubled teen. Troubled teen. But yeah, April is supposed to be given up on this story. And she is definitely not happy about it. Danny's convinced that the turtles are there because he saw Michelangelo, like we said. Uh, finally, with Charles pleading with April to take a break on the story, Charles and Danny, Danny leave the apartment, but not before Danny stares directly at April's chest as he leaves. Did yep. you notice that? Yeah. Just directly at it. And I had, to, I rewound it cause I'm like, is he really just staring straight at her chest as he leaves? Yeah, he is just yep. staring straight at her chest as he leaves. Don't make me say it again, Drew. Trouble team. <laughs> Trouble team. <laughs> oh boy. Danny runs away, obviously, because his dad's reaming him out about, wait until until after school, you're going to really have something to cry about then. No more sex pistols for you. (laughs) So he just gets out of the car and runs away because it's 1990 and nobody's wearing a seatbelt. Obviously. (laughs) But we finally get to see, like, a real detailed, uh, some deep, spend some time with the Foot Clan hideout. Which is pretty cool, I'm not going to lie. It had it all. Yeah, it had literally (laughs) everything you can imagine. If you have an evil hideout in the 80s or 90s, this, like, takes the cake. It's, like, the best thing. We got cigars. We got (laughs) gum. We got arcade games, a skate park, a DJ booth, a roulette table, 
cigarettes, whether you want regular or menthol, neon signs, and basketball. I love that. I had a list like that, too, and I wrapped mine out with, and of course, smoking children. <laughs> and of course, <laughs> smoking children. Troubled teens. Troubled teens. Uh, they have a lot of Pepsi product placement in this one, too, so yep. it's another instance of product placement. Um, I, I should do a word count when I edit this on how many times we say product placement because I, I have a feeling that's how this movie was funded. Yeah. <laughs> or troubled teens. <laughs> troubled teens. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. We get to see a short sparring match. So obviously, you know, we see where all like the younger ones are hanging out to kind of lure them in with the gambling and the cigarettes because yeah. that's what every 10 year old wants is gambling and cigarettes. I guess. I didn't even know how to gamble at 10 years. I did so. not either, nor did I have I, any desire to smoke cigarettes. If I was a troubled preteen, maybe I would have known. That's I, true. I don't know. Um, but, uh, so yeah, then it's like up to the next step where these kids are a little bit older and now they're getting trained on how to fight and, uh, master Tetsu is, uh, sparring with that one, one kid and the kid bows and he just like, was he kick him right in the head? Yeah. He kicks kicks him right in the the face. Never lower your eyes to an enemy. Every one of my evil voices sounds exactly the same. (laughs) Trouble team. Trouble team. (laughs) Uh, but that gong sounds and. Everybody's going running the shredder. Yep. Man, does he look badass though, huh? Yeah, he does. Like super badass. Like super badass. Super badass. <laughs> like badass, intimidating, not going to be able to take him out. Yeah. He no looks matter how troubled and teen you are. And it's really really true to the way he looked in the in the oh, yeah. cartoon. Like it's super true to that. Oh, for sure. Even later on, it looks more red, but I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be purple. Like his Yeah. It looks way more it's... red. It's like maroon. Yeah, there you it's go. The it's, maroon. it's a halfway point. Um, boy, but Shredder promises uh, want to Shredder promotes one of the low-level thugs to a full member of the Foot. Money cannot buy the honor uh, which you uh, have earned tonight. Uh, we also see that the Foot Clan has a Splinter held captive, so we know where Splinter is, right? Yep. Obviously, where else would he be? Yada yada yada. Um, we get Shredder's speech telling everyone there that he's basically their only option, you know, because you were, you're here because you were rejected by the outside world. This is your family. I am your father. Uh, Shredder wants everybody to become, everybody to become full members to like mobilize the troops. Yeah. I guess. I mean, and then, uh, there's a new enemy, the turtles, right? The turtles. Yeah, he wants to punish these. He, he wants to punish these creatures. These Turtles. Turtles. <laughs> Dramatic pauses and all. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, boy. But Danny's there. He just kind of comes out of nowhere. Hey, I know where the turtles are. <laughs> <laughs> right? I love that voice. <laughs> oh, man. That was good. Yeah. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. <laughs> Am I cool now? Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy. But April's on TV now, and she's trying to expose the foot. Uh, Chief Stearns is none too happy about it, and Stern, Stearns calls April's boss, Charles, immediately. I thought we had a deal. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> uh, in April's apartment, Raph and Leonardo have a fight about uh, what the turtles should be doing. Uh, Leo obviously wants to be conservative and stay, and Raph wants to get out there and kick some butt. Obviously. I mean, those are, that's their personalities. How else would it have gone? No other way besides that. Yeah. Uh, Raphael storms out and uh, of April's apartment. Uh, and uh, Michelangelo and Donatello just sit there nicely eating snacks. Uh, pork rind? <laughs> pork rind. Pork rind. <laughs> uh, but that uh, Raph goes and punches it out on the roof, right? What else did you do? Right. <laughs> Got to go punch it out on the roof. Do some cartwheels. Do some <laughs> kicks. Do cartwheels. <laughs> Casey Jones spots him on the roof. What is he doing? Why is, he, why is Casey Jones up there? 
I really don't know. I think he's got a scanner radio. Is that what oh. he is that what he's dealing with? Yeah. And so he's probably like surveying from crime. Yeah. But if you're like on the top of this building and you see something at street level with the binoculars that he had with him. Right. I gotta go run down these stairs. Yeah, by the time you get down. Oh, it's always I missed it. I missed it. So it's kind of up there as if he's a superhero. He's not a superhero. He cannot fly. He's a dude with sporting equipment attached to his back. <laughs> yeah. I mean he uses it well, but still that's what he is. Right. <laughs> uh, unfortunately for Raphael, the Foot Clan are there to attack him. In April's apartment, uh Michelangelo Michelangelo and Donatello are watching uh, cartoons. It's a tortoise versus the hare, you know, cartoon, yeah, which is pretty yeah, funny. That is funny. Ninja kick the damn rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> You're losing. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very funny to me. They just assume every turtle has martial arts skills. I right. Guess. I mean, I do. Why wouldn't you, right? Obviously. <laughs> you don't it, have a splinter? <laughs> I mean, where's your rat? I mean, we were yeah. gathered by a, by a rat. Yeah. Where's your rat? <laughs> Isn't that how you originated? Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. But April is home, and she's wondering where uh, Raph is. Where's Raphael? Cut to Raph kicking butt and his size were getting tossed away by the foot soldier. Yeah. Um, they, he doesn't toss him over the roof. He just kind of like tosses him to a different section of the roof. Yeah. Why not like chuck him if you really want to, you know. Right. Uh, whatever, I guess. <clears throat> um, then April says, I was going to give you guys a tour of the store. Should we go get him? Nope. He just needs to blow off some steam. <laughs> nope. Don't do it. Don't worry about him. Cut back to Raph having no weapons. Uh, hasn't slowed him down. Uh, how do you guys expect to beat me N- with numbers? Just more of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> uh, and, you know, April actually runs that antique store. When, when she gets there, she's like, well, I live above an antique store. Wouldn't she also say at that point that I also run? You would think. <laughs> I own the building. Yeah. <laughs> we find out that she runs it for her dad who's dead. Yeah. Just keeps it open a couple days a week. Right. <laughs> Makes no sense. Makes no sense whatsoever. But I I mean, if she's a full-time reporter, when would she ever have time to open up this antique store? Like on the weekends for fun? Yeah. I guess. I guess. She keeps it open for her father's memory who may or may not be dead because I missed that detail. Yeah, somehow <laughs> she makes enough money those couple days a week to keep that antique store open. Uh, but with Raph back on the roof, things aren't looking very good with him. She then asks, April asks, uh, hasn't Raph been gone a long time? Nah, he does this all the time. He likes it. <laughs> he likes it. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> He'll be back any minute. Yeah, don't worry about him. <laughs> and then he gets thrown through a skylight Batman style. <laughs> yeah, Batman style for sure. <laughs> oh boy. And now April's apartment is being flooded with the foot. There's foot everywhere. There's foot everywhere. 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 Um, the group is surrounded, so they're immediately swarmed and captured. Nope. They face off one-on-one against everybody. (laughs) (laughs) One at a time. I mean, they are teens. They are teens. Troubled teens. Troubled teens. I do like with this with Mikey saying, ah, a fellow chucker, eh? Yeah, that's awesome. A little back and forth between the two of them. Mike is obviously better than the Foot Clan dude. Obviously. Obviously. It's uh then the violence in this scene is very comical. It's very kid-friendly. You know, it's funny with them. Flipping all over the place. It's really athletic. It's super entertaining. It's yeah. just, it's well choreographed. Like Using all these random fr- to yeah. beat people up. The symbols. Right. The fun, the fun stunts with the water spitting. The wheel of, for- wheel of fortune, dude. Dude. I thought everybody loved Vanna. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then one of the foot soldiers happens to arrive with a dozen long-handled axes. Hands them out. Yep. Like, I got these axes, guys. <laughs> I'm so, the axe guy. <laughs> I'm the axe guy's here. Here's your axes. <laughs> hey, somebody send in the axe guy. Yeah. <laughs> so then they, like, the turtles start, like, rolling around on the floor, like, back and forth while the foot soldiers, the foot clan's, like, trying to chop them. Yep. And they end up chopping through the floor. Yeah, and then they the floor, collapse down into the down there, and then the one guy smacks like an electrical wire and ignites himself yes. on fire. So, like when you talk about this, it seems absolutely <coughs> like ridiculous. Like yeah. when I was taking my notes on this, I'm like, this is really what's happening in this scene. Like, yeah, they're rolling around on the floor, dodging axe strikes. Like, <laughs> whoa! But it works in the scene. It does when you just watch it and you just have it, and it's just fun, and it happens. It's like, yeah, that works. Right. When you really, like, think about it too much, it does not work. <laughs> Don't think about it. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. But, yeah, it's another series of really fun stunts and stuff. Uh, the fight does continue in the antique store. Uh, more com- uh, comical fighting. Uh, it's the stuff that the kids love. So you got to right. keep putting more and more of that stuff in, like you said, with the symbols and all that stuff. Uh, the turtles are starting to get overwhelmed. But Casey Jones to the rescue. Yeah. Thank goodness for Casey Jones. Uh, hey, what are you doing to my little green pal over there? Who's that? Who's that? Wayne Gretzky on steroids? <laughs> That's a funny gag. I yeah. got a kick out of that. Wayne Gretzky is a hockey player from the 80s and 90s. I would assume that most people know who Wayne Gretzky is. have but... at least heard of the name. <laughs> He's the great one. Yeah. Best hockey player to ever play the game, Gretzky. probably. Gretzky, the great one. Um, there's some serious music playing now, though. So we know things are getting real. Oh, yeah. The serious music has... Uh, Popped up and it's getting real. Yep. Uh, the electrocuted foot soldier starts the place on fire uh, with the store burning. April helps the turtles and Casey Jones escape through a trap door. Thankfully, she runs the place and knows about the trap door. Yeah, they would have exactly. Burnt to death. Um, so I know they use it later on, like in the next scene, basically. But when the answering machine falls from the ceiling and is just hanging there. Yeah. It's like, uh, April, it's Charles. You're fired. You're it's fired. Like, it's like, what? Just another way for him to be a wiener. <laughs> it's just the weirdest thing ever to just put it in that way. Why not? It's just funny. It, it struck me as funny and odd. So. Yeah. Um, everyone ex- escapes, including uh, Casey and the foot soldiers, because uh, Tetsu says, Ninja, vanish. Yeah. And they all vanish. <laughs> Pew. <laughs> uh, boy. But then we get to see some uh, Shredder and Splinter action. Um, and... Uh, Shredder just walks up the splinter and just uppercuts him right in the face. <laughs> yeah. Punches that rat really hard in the face and he asks him, what are these freaks? He says this to a human-sized rat that yeah. is tied to a fence. <laughs> right. <laughs> and anyways, if Splinter does tell Shredder everything, what is that information gonna like get him? Yeah. Nothing. You son of a <laughs> <laughs> so Splinter does say nothing. I mean, what else is he going to say? And Shredder says, hang there until you die. Yeah. You already just, uppercutted me. I yeah. Mean. I'm going to die right here. I'm assuming. Yeah. Then he just straight up mean mugs Tetsu as he walks out. And I guess that's some sort of uh, like signal that he did a bad job. Cause then he goes and beats up a whole bunch of kids. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Goes and I beats guess. up a whole bunch of kids. And for Splinter's sake, he's like, well, at least I warned the turtles about this. <laughs> <laughs> he beat up some troubled teens. That's okay. They're troubled. Uh, but we do get to see Danny and Splinter then, and Splinter ever the optimist. All, fa- all fathers care for their sons, right? So that's basically 
the story that he gets across. Splinter's big on the whole love thing. Right. Make love, not war type of thing. Yep. He, he loves love. Splinter loves love. Um, so, the, I mean, that's all you can really gain out of that with Danny. It's like, hey, give your dad a chance. He loves you. Don't be such a jerk. Right. <laughs> uh, April and the gang are hiding out in the country now. Um, this is some of my like fondest memories of this movie. Like, I really love the time that they spend at the farmhouse. Oh, yeah. It's really a slow part of the movie, but, but I... But it, it gets badass it because does then they start the music while yeah. they're training outside yeah. and it's some of the better fighting you know like they're taking on each other with their weapons yeah yeah it's a it's a really fun part of the the movie for me um the van is shot when they get there and the nearest neighbor is four miles away so april says i guess i've got some walking to do and casey jones asks why <laughs> april says i have to call my boss oh yeah yeah he left you a message on your machine right before we got out and Let's just say I saved yourself an eight-mile round tripper. You were fired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she uh, calls him out on his insensitivity because that was definitely not a very sensitive way to go about telling April that she was fired. <laughs> no. Nope. Uh, she does not take that news very well, and April and Casey get into a fight to create some tension in the story, <laughs> I guess. Basically. <laughs> That's it to make the time spent at the... Uh, at the farm a little bit more exciting and Casey and April storm off and they slam their doors. Uh, Donatello says, gosh, it's kind of like moonlighting, isn't it? <laughs> um, that's a joke about a sitcom from the nineties called moonlighting starring Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepard. Uh, it's about their on again, off again relationship. And it was tumultuous, very much like Casey Jones and April. Yeah. So there you go. There it is. <laughs> now, you know why that joke's funny. My parents watched that show. So I vaguely remember watching it and, Bruce Willis had a full head of hair that wasn't a wig at that time. So Damn. <laughs> way to go, Bruce. Then we get some April journaling action. Um, she's quite the artist, isn't she? Yes, she is. <laughs> Do you think she really drew those? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope that she had, but I'm sure you're right. Um, she says in her uh, monologue, inner monologue, her uh, she says, it still feels like home. She's been away forever, but it still feels like home. My amazing new friends have suffered their first defeat. And we get that fan art of Donatello, which is fun. Um, each turtle is dealing with their loss in their own way. Uh, Donatello latched onto Casey Jones. Does anybody under the age of 20 even know what Gilligan's Island is anymore? True. I would imagine not. Like, if you showed that movie to a 20-year-old, would no. they get the Gilligan? Not at all. Not, at all? No not one bit. I wouldn't think so. I just feel like that's... Does that even play on, like, Nick at Night or anything anymore? I don't know if that even is on, like, normal cable. You probably have to go, like, search it out. Gilligan's Island just seemed like such an ingrained thing in our our culture. I can't believe that it's gone past it, but I think it probably has. Right, because shows and movies kept it going with jokes for so long, but now it's like they know they can't really touch that because no one would know. That was a black and white show. Yeah. Like, it was... It's like 60 years old now, at least, right? Yeah, it's pretty damn old. It's pretty old. So Was it really black and white? Yeah, it was originally a black and white show. Yeah, the first season, first two seasons okay. were black and not white. Not the whole No, series. not the whole series. Say. It was colorized later on. I just thought that was interesting. I was like, they're making jokes about Gilligan's Island, and I think if anybody was younger watching that, wouldn't get it. Yep. Understandable. It's old. Leonardo, though, is holding a constant vigil for the injured Raphael in the tub. I guess that's what you do with an. Uh, I guess that's what you do with an injured turtle. Put him in a tub. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Put him in a tub full Put of water. Put him in a tub. Uh, what about Michelangelo? Where's Michelangelo at this time? 
we don't really know. I don't think so. We don't, yeah. we don't get to know. We don't get to know. As for Casey Jones and April O'Neil, let's just say it's complicated. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's got the hots for him, obviously, right? Obviously. Um, is believable. They have good chemistry. Oh, yeah. It's definitely. great. I, it's, it's super believable. I thought that, that was their relationship didn't seem forced. It didn't seem weird. It seemed like a very natural part of the story. Yeah. Um, do you think that the porch swing breaking was a on-purpose thing, or do you think it was a happy accident that that porch swing broke while he was sitting in it? I don't know. I've been back and forth, but... He looks genuinely shocked that it happened. Right. Oh, you mean like in real life did that yes. happen? Oh. Yes. Do you think that really happened? I don't know. I thought the same thing because he plays it off so good. Like he right. just ate a bite of the apple. Not right. only does he not choke, he's like, what the hell? Yeah, like, it seems like a genuine reaction to something breaking. Yeah. Not that it was planned to drop. I, well, I hope it was the latter. I, I hope so too. I mean, I could see them <coughs> getting that... Uh, genuine reaction out of him by uh saying we're gonna we're gonna drop this but i'm not gonna tell you you when when, so you can get that genuine reaction but because he the way he fell he kind of like made himself go forward as to not hit his head yeah while he was reclined so like i like you i was going back and forth like is did that accidentally happen or was it a well choreographed stunt right so i don't know i think i want to believe that it was a happy accident exactly um Raph wakes up, thankfully, he's hungry, right? Leo and Raph bury the hatchet. It's a Kodak moment. Oh, it's a Kodak moment for <laughs> that sure. That means taking a picture with a real camera and film. Kodak moment. Yep, yep. <laughs> it's an ad campaign. <laughs> <laughs> we get a little training montage with some April voiceover. The turtles are four once again, and yet still not whole. A lingering doubt remains, an unknown which they can't bear to face their greatest fear (laughs) and then you get rap splinter Splinter! (laughs) why wouldn't he scream shredder yeah (laughs) that's that's their greatest fear that they have to face right shredder not splinter yeah but but whatever he's he misses splinter big time (laughs) Uh, back at the foot clan hideout uh splinter still isn't talking danny is still missing and Shredder is still obsessed with the turtles. As to why he is obsessed, it's something about the way they fight. Something from the past. Something from the past. <laughs> Back on the farm, the turtles are training. Casey and April make dinner and maybe a little more, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, I know what you mean. They're not teens and they're not troubled. No, I bet they had no trouble whatsoever. <laughs> Uh, but uh, we find out that Leo's a psychic because he makes a psychic connection with Splinter right after that. Yep. This movie's got everything, including psychic turtles. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> everything. He's the, everything. Le- he's the leader. So. He would be psychic. If any of them were going to be psychic, it would be him. I mean, he is the most... Chill. Chill. Yeah, yeah. it's true. It's true. It's true. But now he's going to focus... They're, all four turtles are going to focus that energy, and they're going to concentrate and make a link with Splinter's force ghost. <laughs> it looked exactly like, his, like yep. a force ghost. <laughs> Um, he's proud of the turtles uh, because they've mastered not only the body but the mind. The mind. Way to go, guys! Uh, and he just gives them a long speech, basically saying, "Love joins them all together. It unites us all." Yeah, I love you guys. And That's I don't what know said. what it is about that blue flame, but I always remember that blue flame. Oh yeah, from that it's movie. it's a really cool effect. Yeah. It's really really well done, and it was a really cool effect. I liked that a lot. It was very um, surprising that it's a practical effect. Like that yeah. wasn't done without computer. That was done without computers. Right. I, I like that a lot. Practical effects. I love them. I've said it before. I'll say it again. 
Um, we just had that. Uh, we talked about it already, but Casey on the porch swing the next morning. Yeah. Uh, did they bang? Oh, obviously. Did he do her? Obviously. He, he, he did her. <laughs> he did her. <laughs> he did her big time. Where were the turtles? They probably just went out into the barn and did it, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The turtles sneak up on the love on the lovebirds. It's time to go back. Cue up the synth rock track. Cue it up. Cue it up. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, back in the city and down in the sewers, Casey is not a fan of those sewers. Um, I don't know if I would be either. No, probably not. Not maybe not so much even for the claustrophobic fa- uh, factor of it, but like just the smell and the dirtiness oh, of it. Yeah, They'd just be like, uh, I don't want to be down here. Be probably covered in cockroaches and. Oh yeah. <laughs> I I don't like camping. I'm not sleeping in a sewer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, Casey has a couple of really good lines, though. First, it's the farm that time forgot. Now this. He literally says these in a row, like just filling time, right? Uh, Why don't I ever fall in with people that own condos? I guess it's hard to get a good maid service in the sewer. Uh, Maybe you guys should try Roto-Rooter, huh? (laughs) (laughs) But come on, Casey. It's just for the night. It's just for the night. And obviously, Raph wants to get going, but they need some sleep first. Uh, in the meantime, the turtles discover that Danny's been hiding in the sewers the whole time. Yep. Hey, Danny, how's it going? He ran away from home, and April wants to call his dad Charles, but Danny wants to stay with the turtles for the night. Uh, Casey says, uh, what's all this talk about spending the night down here? And then Don says, you're claustrophobic. And Casey says, you want a fist in your mouth? I've never even looked at another guy. Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. An instance of this movie not holding up in that, in that section. <laughs> Question for you, Drew. Yeah. Uh-huh. Do you like penicillin on your pizza? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great line. That's a great yeah, line. Yeah, that is great. And then they give it the little prepper funeral. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Like that is how important pizza is to these yeah, turtles. That's a great line. I can't that is believe very funny. you, Danny. <laughs> they, they literally get down on their knees and like pay their final respects to it. <laughs> yeah. Love that. Love and it, how love the it, hell does it. that phone work down there? I don't know. It must just must just be like a remnant of uh, when it was actually some sort of station that was Something. used. Oh, I suppose because uh, a, a phone doesn't actually need a power line. It's powered through the phone line. Right, right. So as long as the phone line's connected to it, I mean, that's why you can uh, make a call on a landline when the power's out, right? Yeah. So I would see that that'd be the only way. It's just a remnant of it having been down there and sure. it just never got disconnected. Um, that is a pay phone, folks. That is a pay phone. Yeah. <laughs> Cost a nickel to call for like a minute, right? Um, Casey's sleeping in the truck because he's claustrophobic and Danny and the rest of the gang are sleeping in the sewers. Danny has a nightmare, flashbacks. Yeah. Like he kind of has the the words of Shredder and Splinter going back and his back and forth in his mind. No one wants you. All fathers care for their sons. Danny is torn, He's I torn. guess, right? He's torn. He wants to be a troubled teen. Troubled teen. Yeah. Or does he want to be a good guy? What do you what do you, what do you yeah, want? Yeah, no. He's like my real dad's a wiener. <laughs> I really like Splinter, but that Shredder is kind of an ass. I don't know. Do I want to be cool and steal stuff? Yeah. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but feeling pretty confused, Danny sneaks out. But luckily, Casey sees Danny uh, sneaking out of the sewer and follows him uh, to the Foot Clan hideout. Yep. Danny goes straight to Splinter. Splinter was worried about Danny. Oh, hey, Danny, there you are. I was worried about you. Yeah, my son. <laughs> my son. Uh, we get a little bit more Splinter backstory. I, too, had family many years ago in Japan. 
His master Yoshi uh, had a great rival named Orokusaki. Uh, the strongest rivalry was over a woman named Shin uh, Tang. Excuse me, Tang Shin. And instead of fighting Saki, Yoshi and Shin fled to America. But obviously, Saki found them and killed them. Splinter luckily attacked uh, Orokusaki and scratched his face up. Yep. And Orokusaki hit him. You know, sliced his ear off with a katana. And then ran away. Yeah, he is a master of martial arts, and he's got a rat who is not as big as he eventually becomes, and he right. just slices his ear. And then stands there and looks at him, instead of swinging again. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to leave you for later, so yeah. this movie can happen. Now I know which rat it is, the yeah. one without the ear. I'm coming back for you later. And we already mentioned this, but I did write that Splinter's training story with Yoshi is ridiculous but awesome. <laughs> it is. It's ridiculous <laughs> like it's but awesome. It's pretty funny to actually see him doing the martial arts yes. in the cage. So it's like, oh my. But, <laughs> but, but it's all right. No, it's great. It's an instance of it, like your suspension of disbelief is really checked when it comes, yeah. <laughs> it comes to that, especially as an adult and definitely as a kid, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, by that point in the movie, if that bothers you, then I don't know how you made it that far in the You've movie. You've been but... watching for way too long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but we basically find out that Saki is Shredder. Yep. Um, we see Casey Jones, that he's there now at the... At the hideout, and he does the old knock the guard out and steal his uniform gag, right? Yep, That's yep. been done in a million movies. I love it every time. Um, Shredder finds Danny with Splinter. Where have you been? Uh, you're lying to me, and you're hiding something as well. Uh, Shredder finds out that the turtles are back, and the picture of Danny in his pocket is what uh, the picture Danny had in his pocket of Leonardo, correct? Leonardo. Uh, is what gave it away. And so now yep. he knows that the turtles are back. Yeah. Yay, the turtles are back. I There's mean, a drawing. They must be back. <laughs> they must be back. Uh, the foot are back down in the turtles hideout looking to finish the job and eliminate the turtles. The turtles easily dispatch the first round of foot soldiers. I hope there are more of those. Isn't that what <laughs> Raph says, right? <laughs> yep. hope there, are, yeah, there are plenty more coming. Uh, Danny and Casey rescue Splinter. So now things are really starting to speed up. Um, they do run into a little bit of a problem. They do need to make it through Tetsu first. Yeah. Um, Casey does this with the help of a golf club. And that's kind of an iconic thing. Like the golf club, his driver is like, I'm pretty sure like one of his main weapons that he likes to use in the comic book and yeah. in the cartoon, mm-hmm. even though he has a very small part in the cartoon. I don't remember him being much in the cartoon at all. I don't either in the 87. Yeah. 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 If he was, was he at all? He's I, I, he in is, it, I believe. But he's just, he was too crazy, probably, and too violent of a character yeah. to really have any type of long screen time. Right. Yeah. Uh, so uh, they do make it through uh, Tetsu with that golf club, and he's never going to call golf a dull game again, right? Right. I suppose if you're using golf clubs to beat people up, it's probably not very dull. Probably uh, not. <laughs> after pointing out the obvious oxymoron of the Foot Clan being uh, a family, the Sam Rockwell led thugs. Let Splinter, Casey, and Danny pass. Right? Yep. Sam, 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 Rockwell, Sam Rockwell is just like, all right, I believe you. You're right. It's, yeah. it's pretty crappy, that deal we got going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but back at the sewer, the Turtles have the Foot Clan on the run. Hey, Donnie, I think this one's suffering from shell shock. Too derivative. Too derivative. <laughs> Boy, I guess we can really shell it out. Too cliche. <laughs> well, I guess it was a shell of a good hit. I like it. I like it. Awesome. 
And then Michelangelo screaming, God, I love being a turtle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I remember that being in commercials and in the trailer, that instance. And I watched the trailer on my Blu-ray to see if it was actually in there. And yes, it I is actually too, as well. <laughs> Although it sounds like a different voice, doesn't it? Did you notice that at all? It does a little bit. It sounds like a and different voice. And in the voice. movie, does he tuck his head in like that? Yeah, yeah he does. Okay, he yeah, does he does. Too. He does tuck his head in like that. Um, everyone, uh, has made it up to the roof at this point and the turtles make short order of the rest of the foot clan. We finally get to move on to that final showdown with shredder. Oh yeah. Final showdown with shredder. Final showdown with shredder. All the troubled teens are down on the street. Yep. Not so, not as troubled as they were. No, nope. not as troubled, still troubled, but not as troubled. Um, all the turtles are there and they're ready to take on shredder. One at a time. One at a time. <laughs> Why not? One at a time, right? Yeah, yeah that's the time. way to start it. One <laughs> at a time. Um, every one of them seems to be pretty evenly matched with Shredder. Yeah. You know, nobody really gets any advantage, disadvantage. Shredder's kind of doing that DBZ villain thing where it looks like he's expending the least amount of energy possible the yeah. whole time he's doing anything. Yeah, right. Which, I don't know. Those shoulder pads he's wearing are pretty dang big, too. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. It's like oh. he's been training with the weighted outfit for so long. Yeah, like, he should have shrugged that off like Piccolo yeah, would have, yeah, right? Just taking definitely. it off, something like that. I was going to say, when Tetsu like unsheathes Shredder's shoulder blades when he gives his big speech to everybody before Danny says, I know where the turtles are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how Tetsu has to like work the work his cape like over the little things. Yeah. It takes way longer than it should way longer <laughs> and i'm like you can see like the concentration on his face he's like oh i've already screwed this take up 10 times i gotta get <laughs> yeah. it right this time. Yeah. <laughs> i swear i'll get it i promise i swear i can do it <laughs> oh boy but uh we get casey danny and splinter along with the newly converted troubled teens uh they all show up but splinter sneaks away yep where'd splinter go and where did splinter go the turtles finally attack as a group, but Shredder handles them. He does take a slice out of Leo, though, and Leo takes a slice out of him. Yep. No blood, though. No blood. There should have been some blood. A little bit, a of, little blood. bit of blood. Just a little bit of blood. Even if it was like, they made it look like black or green. Yeah. It didn't have to be red. They're 100%. turtles. I mean, they have red blood, but. But still. Could have just made it something Everything different. else is unbelievable. Just give them green blood. There you go. Green blood. That would have made, made them uh, a Vulcan like Spock. Vulcans have green blood. Just Ooh. that stupid thing. I guess I'll just cut that part out of the podcast when I edit it. Nah. <laughs> uh, Leo does. Oh, wait. Casey is down on the street level taking care of the leftovers, which is kind of funny because he gets pretty excited about that. He's like, ooh, leftovers. Yeah. Backs that uh, sem- or that uh, garbage truck right up into those dudes calling up the ladder and they fall off and run away. Yeah. I guess that was taking care of the leftovers. Leftovers taken care of. Thanks, Casey. <laughs> Uh, Leo attacks and gets knocked down to the ground uh, by Shredder with his spear at his throat, and the turtles have no cha- no choice but to throw their weapons away. Otherwise, he's going to die. Otherwise, yeah. So I said that wrong. It was Donatello, right, that charged him? Or was it Leo that charged him? I think it's... Now I'm confused. Is it Leo? I'm pretty sure it's, it's Leo because he's the, he's the lead. Yeah. Yeah. So the, they have to save Leo's life by tossing their stuff to the side. Right. Um, it was a trick. Shredder was going to kill the turtles and now they're weaponless. So like, duh, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was a trick. It is a trick. It is a trick. It's a trick. It's a trap. Um, but Splinter's there on the roof. How did he make it up there? He's a little bit more nimble than he lets on, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He is a rat. So. <laughs> he is a rat. He probably just climbed up the, the side of the building. Yeah. Um, uh, to say he's there to save the day and Shredder is 
Orokusaki. That's what we find out for sure at that point. We should have figured that out. And, right. But they we definitely sure. fed you the foreshadowing <laughs> yeah. of that. Maybe as a six, seven, eight year old, I would have been like, oh, my mind blown. <laughs> Um, blinded with the rage over his disfiguring scar from a rat, he just straight up charges Splinter because he was responsible for all that stuff. Yeah. Um, using the nunchuck that was hanging over the ladder. Good job, uh, Mikey, for tossing that. So it does that yeah. complete happenstance. Like, um, he he like Splinter like traps it, like pinches the spear, right? Yeah. And instead of letting go of the spear and just like standing next to Splinter. Shredder holds on to the spear and goes over the edge, and he's just inches yeah. from death at this yeah, point, right? It looks like he pole vaults over that <laughs> thing. Just... Right. Didn't, didn't that, uh, the, the top, the tops of those buildings really reminded me a lot of the buildings that were used in Batman Returns, right? Oh, definitely. Didn't they look like almost, like, I was like, are these the same set pieces? Seriously. The only way, I don't think so because of it being filmed in North Carolina. Yeah. But still, like, it looked so similar. Yeah. Like, this movie couldn't have been made without 89, without Batman 89. No. Because it's like, hey, we're going to do the Batman 89 thing, but with Ninja Turtles. Is that cool? Is that cool? Because <laughs> that's what we're going to do. Really I think it'll work. It, it, it worked. <laughs> um, Shredder, you know, hanging on the edge, has a very little chance of surviving this, I would say. Yes. A very little. Death comes for us all, but when you die, it will be without honor. Without honor. <laughs> In a last ditch, ditch attempt, Shredder tosses a dagger at uh, Splinter, and obviously Splinter catches it, but that makes him let go of the nunchuck, and Shredder falls to his death. Do you think he was dead on impact, or do you think he died after Casey Jones crushed him? Because Casey Jones just crushed him. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, he should have probably been dead on impact. On impact. I like the idea to make sure. Yeah, to make sure. Um, realistically, that would have been crazy bloody. <laughs> yeah, hundred <laughs> percent crazy bloody. Kind I wish it would have been a little bit bloody. A little bit. Just bloody. a little bit. Kind of like Joker <laughs> falling from the yeah, top. And yeah, no blood. But. Exactly. Casey Jones' it, line in there is pretty funny. Oops! And he just turns that lever and crushes <laughs> him. Um, but the police arrive with the news. I should say the police and the news arrive. Uh, and Danny gives April back the 20 he stole from her. That means he's good now. Yeah, he's no longer troubled. No longer a troubled teen. Good job, Danny. Uh, April gets the respect she finally deserves as a reporter. She gets that corner office. She gets to be the highest paid reporter in New York City. It's a victory for women everywhere. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy. But, you know, the police chief wants some answers from Sam Rockwell. Go ahead. Check the East Warehouse. You'll get your answers there. Yeah. There you go. Thanks, oh, Sam. Okay. <laughs> Casey and April, will you shut up and kiss me? I love it when you're pushy. <laughs> and then the turtles cheer them on. Yay, great job. Yay. Make out with each other. Yeah. It's awesome. And then they get the, we were awesome. Bitches. Bitches. Bodacious. <laughs> Gnarly. And then radical. Totally tubular. Wicked. Hellacious. And then splinter, of course. I've always liked Cowabunga. And then they all say, Cowabunga. Should we give them our best Cowabunga? Ready? Cowabunga! Uh, I made a funny. I made a funny. <laughs> <laughs> Roll credits. Yeah. And I did write down when uh, Wiener Dad, I forget his name. Charles. Charles, the Wiener Dad. I don't know if you noticed this or if it's just in my head, but he comes up to Danny and says, 
Danny, are you all right? Are you okay, Danny? Are you okay, Danny? I mean, <laughs> yeah. come on. That's Danny, gotta be. Danny, are you okay? Are you, are you okay, okay, Danny? He's like, no. It's Dan now. It's Dan now. <laughs> no oh. Michael Jack anymore. Oh, Dan. Oh, it's Dan, huh? Oh. Yeah. I'm a wiener. I just thought that had to be on purpose. It's, are you all right? Are you okay, Danny? Oh, man. And now that you say that, it seems like it. <laughs> it certainly seems like it. Um, Final opinions? Unless you have anything else. Final opinions? Thank you, Tim. Because yeah, I'm glad we, we kind of got to rush to this movie. We didn't even talk about that. I actually saw Tim today, and he was pestering me about when we're going to do this movie. Yeah. I didn't tell him, but he'll get some special uh, pre-release uh, not footage, but audio, I yeah. guess. We'll give him some some special. Sure. He said he wants to know that we're going to do games on the 87 show eventually. Yep. He loves turtles. So yep, for we sure. do too, Tim, so yep. it's all good. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, the movie is amazing. Like I said, it makes you really miss your childhood. It screams 1990. I want some dominoes. You know, <laughs> yeah. like it's just, it's a great movie. For a movie with no blood, it's just, it's really good. Like, yeah. For a movie with no blood and uh, very little uh, real, like, gritty violence, it's right. super entertaining. It works really well. Yeah. It's at the performances of the martial arts scenes. They're super athletic and it's fun to watch. And there's, like, a lot of good story in this, too. Like, surprisingly Raphael enough, has, like, a really good arc through the whole movie. Yeah. And every turtle really plays their part really well. And, they yeah. do kind of wish we would have gotten some more lines out of a couple of the ancillary cast of turtles it seems like it was really dominated by uh rafael and uh uh donatello for the yeah. most part maybe a little bit of mikey um i mean leonardo i should say uh donatello didn't get a whole lot of lines and that was yeah. Corey feldman right, right and right. it was well, maybe he got paid by the line because he's yeah. probably the most famous actor probably to be in the movie, so yeah. i don't know but he didn't get a whole ton of lines like he said he stuck out like a sore thumb though every time he opened his mouth yep um, yeah, I definitely, I, I really like this movie. Like you said, it's a, a strong nostalgic punch right to the gut, right to those 1990s feels. So it was a fun to travel back and uh, think about the times when I watched this movie as a kid. And I think this is one that I saw in the theater. I think it is one that I saw in the theater. It would make sense for me to have gone to this one in the theater at the time. So, um, I'm going to, I mean... If I gave Cable Guy a B plus, this is an A minus for sure. I feel like this is the rewatchability of this movie is on par with a lot of other comedies that I'll watch. It is funny. It is entertaining. Yeah. So. Even though we rewatch these many times for each homework assignment, this is one that already, as soon as we're done, I'm like, oh, God, I want to watch this. Yeah, again. agreed, agreed, agreed. And you'll have plenty of time to watch it. Well, I had to buy the the Blu-ray, so I have the collection now. So that nice. I, well, we're ready to do two and three eventually. Ready so to do it was two not three. on Netflix. It was not on Netflix. It was, where did I find it? It was on HBO Max. Oh, okay. So we were wrong on that. Sorry. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. If you really wanted to watch it, you would have found it. Exactly. Um. So with that out of the way, do we want to talk about the homework assignment? Well, let's hear it. All right. We are assigning The Nightmare Before Christmas which came out October 29th, 1993. Uh, the box office was $91.5 million. That's $194.9 million in 2022. Thank you, usinflationcalculator.com. Thank you. Um, it was directed by Henry Selick, screenplay by Caroline Thompson, 
Adaptation by Michael McDowell. Story by Tim Burton, based on a poem by Tim Burton. <laughs> Produced by Tim, Tim Burton. Burton. And guess what? We know Tim. We know Tim. We love Tim. Uh, Tim Burton. I'm, I'm kind of sad it's taken us this long to get back to a Tim Burton movie. I know. I know in the grand scheme of things, we did six six movies based off of uh, Tim Burton work, basically. You know? Yeah. Uh, so... But I'm glad to be getting back to Tim Burton because I really love Tim Burton. Who doesn't? <laughs> Who doesn't? Uh, Denise DeNovi um, is the producer uh, along with Tim Burton. And she has produced six movies with Tim Burton, including Batman Returns. Nice. Um, let's talk about the voice cast. We got Jack Skellington. Um, that was Chris Sard- uh, Sarandon. 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 Chris Sarandon. The Chris Sarandon. That's the speaking voice. And then Danny Elfman, who is the composer, is also the singing voice of Jack Skellington. Have you seen any pictures of him lately? No, I haven't. Google it. He is like cut out of stone and tatted head to toe now. Nice. Danny Elfman. Like, not anything like I remember him looking like from when I would see pictures from years and years ago. Yeah. Um, Elfman also voices Beryl and the clown with the tearaway face. Nice. That clown gave me nightmares as a child. Not going to deny that. Um, Sally is voiced by Catherine O'Hare. O'Hare also voices Shock and Catherine O'Hare. We should all know who she is. Oh, yeah. Second City, Beetlejuice, and of course, Home Alone 1 and 2. Foreshadowing. <laughs> Dr. Finkelstein was William, William Hickey, which, interestingly enough, is Uncle Lewis from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Nice. So I thought that was kind of cool. I'm like, oh, all right then. Um, the mayor of Halloween Town is Glenn Shaddix, and he was Otho on Beetlejuice. He's the guy that leads the seance in Beetlejuice. Nice. And then Oogie Boogie is Ken Page, and he's famous on Broadway, and he is an original cast member of the original Cats. So that's kind of cool, right? Yeah. I've never seen Cats. Have you seen Cats? I have not. Did you see the movie that came out a few years ago? I did not. I don't plan on watching either. People love it, though. People absolutely love it. No, it did not look good. They had to digitally remove the buttholes of the cats. Apparently, in the original cut, all the actors, because their cat suits are all CGI'd cat suits on them. They all had BHs. And they had to go back (laughs) and... Remove the BHs. The BHs. <laughs> I love Remove that. Remove the BHs. Uh, Santa Claus is Ed Ivory, who also provides narration at the beginning of the movie. Locke is Paul Rubens. We know Pee Wee and his touchy selfie. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> crazy. Right. I didn't know that. And then Zero, Jack's pet ghost, is Frank Welker. I don't know who Frank is. Me either. Frank Sorry, is Frank. A, Frank is a dude that was Zero, so way to go. You can watch this on Disney+, Plus, or you can rent or buy it on many other services. Once again, The Nightmare Before Christmas is our homework assignment and is October 29th, 1993. Anything else you want to say about that? Uh, no, I love this movie. It's like most of these that we're doing, I've seen it a lot, probably more yep. than any other one we've done so far, but I'm excited. It's going to be fall right in between Halloween and Christmas. I think it's the perfect time to really. It, it really is. We're leaving Halloween behind and we're coming up quick on Christmas, which is my favorite time of year, right behind Halloween. So, Do you consider this a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie or both? I've always considered it more of a Christmas movie because right. of Jack Skellington wanting to be Santa Claus, basically. Right. So It works for both, but yes. yeah, it is more a Christmas movie. Yes, yes. Very excited for this movie. I haven't watched it in years. I haven't watched it in years. So 
I think this is one that I'll be able to introduce to my five-year-old. Oh, yeah. Might be a little scary. A little scary. But I think I'm going to try to introduce this one to my five-year-old. I'm going to buy it. I have Disney Plus, but I think I'll buy it to add to the collection. For sure. Are we ready? I think we're ready. Over to you, Trav. Let's get into some emails. So our first email comes from Cowabunga, dude. Wants to know if we have a favorite TMNT game from the Nintendo or Super Nintendo era. I think my favorite is gonna go is gonna be the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game on the NES. And I'm just gonna go default to that because it's the one that I've played the most, it's the one that I've had the most time with. And, you know, it's basically it's a very faithful port from the arcade. Yeah. And that's impressive for a Nintendo game because yeah. you didn't usually get that. Right. I like that one a lot, too, because the difficulty level is there like Boy. with a lot of NES yeah. games. Um, but I put Turtles in Time for Super Nintendo. Yeah. Also was an arcade game as well. Um, that one's a little easier, so it's more of a you can sit down. Drew and I can sit down and beat the whole game in yep. an hour or so, which was fun. Uh, but yeah, both of those are great choices. Would you say with those arcade-style beat-em-ups, especially with the TMNT ones, it's more about getting to the end and not really about how many times you die? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, spe- yeah I agree. Uh, next one here comes from Donnie Boy 44 says, You've mentioned your favorite turtles are Donatello and Mikey. What puts them over the edge to be your favorite turtles? So for me, it's always between uh, Donatello and Leonardo. Those are usually the ones that I choose from. Um, I think because of Donatello being like a blending of Leo and Raphael, Mm -hmm. that it's more akin to maybe my own personal personality. May not want to be a leader, but can still fight pretty good type of thing. You know, like, I don't know. I think that's where I'd normally get it from. How about you? Um, so obviously mine is Mikey. I put, he's the funniest. I mean, yeah, that really fits you. That. that fits you well. And he is the most immature. I put that down. fits you well. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and he, he, if it's possible, he loves pizza the most out of all the turtles. Yes. Which I think is hilarious. Yes. He's the one that's always calling for pizzas. He's the one that's always getting the pizzas first. He's right. the one that's coming up with the weird combinations of toppings. Right. He loves his pizza. And I mean, color should have a factor. Blue is my favorite color. Uh, but, you know, orange is my next favorite color. So that's just kind of how it works. There you go, right? And it's funny that you say you were always Donatello or Leonardo because I was always Michelangelo or Raphael. That's funny. That's funny. (laughs) See, that's why our personalities go well together, right? Yes, definitely. Uh, Next one here comes from Slice and Dice. Says, I loved your Shining episode last podcast. Another listener suggested Silence of the Lambs. I can't wait for that one. Are there any other 80s and 90s horror movies that you guys are excited for? 80s and 90s horror. So I wasn't a big 80s and 90s horror guy, but if I would to pick something, we had talked about Hellraiser. That movie would be tough to do on this podcast because of its content. Yeah. It's pretty extreme. Hide your kids. Yeah, hide your kids. That one might be an explicit rated R episode for sure because I don't know how we would talk about some of that. Any of the horror flicks, I don't know how we would really talk about any. I wouldn't really consider Natural Born Killers to be a horror flick. Mm-hmm. It almost is, but that would be one that I would really like to do. Um, any of the like first three um, uh, Freddy Krueger movies would be good, especially yep. that first one with Johnny Depp is actually a good movie. Yeah. Um, it would be fun to do. Like I said, horror flicks will be kind of tough for this podcast, but 
we're definitely going to get into them eventually for sure. How definitely. about you, Trav? Um, well, of course, I am excited for that Silence of the Lambs, but I put Misery. Oh, that would be fun. I love Stephen King, so I'm down for that one. Yeah, that one's... Kathy Bates still haunts me to my core because Man. of that movie. But that's just a good movie, and it's another one of those horror movies we can do that isn't as crazy as Hellraiser. There yeah. There isn't so much yeah. blood and that's guts a good and point. gore That's and a good stuff. point. So I think that one would fit in well until we get a little more used to doing the crazy rated R. I did put Hellraiser on here because I've never seen it, and our buddies at the Triple Falls podcast brought up yeah. Hellraiser, so we will definitely try to get to something like that eventually, but it'll take us a little bit to get to the really rated R stuff, I think. Well, you mentioned Triple Falls. Do we want to take a moment to talk about them? Maybe we should. All right, let's take a moment to talk about them. They're a, a local uh, podcast. You, why don't you take it, Trav? You know them a little bit better than I do. Yeah, so they are a local podcast here in the same city as us. Uh, I grew up with the guy who came up with the idea, and from what I can tell outside looking in, they just do their part to like help promote other people around the area, whether it's the art scene or startup businesses, or for us, for example, they're going to help promote our podcast on their podcast. So a bunch of cool, chill dudes and really friendly and helping other people get big. You know, they're not selfish. Yeah, that's that's Triple Falls podcast. Go check it out. It's it's good. It's very entertaining. It's good stuff. So yeah, by the time this comes out, if you haven't already seen it, you'll have to go. I'm guessing check out us on the Triple Falls podcast. Yeah, and they like to video their podcasts also, so it'll be on YouTube. Yep, we will be there for people to see. Yeah. For any of our <laughs> listeners that have not seen us yet, I'll <laughs> come. I'll come out from the basement. They'll have to cut my fingernails and comb my hair or something i guess yeah if i'm being completely candid and honest i'm pretty nervous to be recorded on there i might barf yeah so if you guys want to see if i puke make sure you check out the triple falls podcast just kidding i won't puke hopefully i was gonna say just don't eat for a couple of days because that'll that'll end up really good right (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah we got one more email here for this podcast and it comes from Kermit Got No Permit says, with Jim Henson's involvement in TMNT, I was wondering if you guys have a favorite Muppet from The Muppet Show. So from The Muppet Show specifically? Specifically, but you can give me another whatever you were going to say. Well, I just, I have have many favorite Muppets. The Muppets were a very large part of my childhood. Same same here, Muppet Muppet Babies. Oh, yes. Did you watch that too? Oh, yes. The original Muppet Babies, man. That was a... That was was around when Tiny Toon Adventures was on. Yep. Which I know is one of your favorites. Yep, yep. Um, A favorite Muppet for me is, it's the obvious and easy and cliched answer, it's Kermit the Frog. Oh, for sure. It's an absolute favorite... Jim Henson and his comic timing while he had his hand up that frog's butt for so many years yeah. is is great, especially on the uh, on the Muppet Show. Yeah. Um, Kermit is great in the movies, has very little to do with Sesame Street or anything like that. But besides Kermit, a really close second for me is always going to be Beaker and Bunsen, the two of them yep. together. The comedy that they have is always hilarious. I mean... It, I'm thinking about the Muppet Show right now, and all all of these things are coming back to my mind, like yeah. pigs in space, and the two dudes up in the in the in the box making fun yeah. of everything, and Gonzo exploding at the beginning of yep. the show. Like, man, that show is great. We're yep. gonna do that. Oh, yeah, it, it, yeah, we can do that show because it was definitely early '80s, late '70s too, yeah. wasn't it? So, yeah. um, we're definitely gonna be doing oh, some definitely. Muppet Show. How about you, Trav? 
I put animal or gonzo. I like it. I like it. But like you said, there's really no going wrong. No. There's so many good characters. But yeah, as a kid, I I loved whenever Animal was on there drumming away, for sure. Animal's a really good Muppet. And you can, his staying power has been, you could almost say it's more than Kermit the Frog. You don't see Kermit the Frog in commercials. True. You still see Animal in commercials. Yeah, yeah. He's a star. He is a star. So that wraps up our emails today. So make sure you email us at overduehomeworkpodcast at gmail.com. Check us out on Twitter at Overdue Homework and Instagram at Overdue Homework Podcast. And as always, don't forget to tune in to the next exciting episode of the Overdue Homework Podcast. <laughs>